and mercy to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The text is the epistle from Romans 10. Please be seated. Well brothers and sisters I remind you that Romans 1:17 says that the righteous lives by faith and that's the crux of all scripture. The Christian lives by faith. Now biblical faith or faith that saves is faith that clings to God's promissory preaching of salvation for Jesus sake. That preaching goes like this. Jesus died, Jesus rose for you and for your salvation. Now, such preaching of what Jesus did, that's what converts an unbeliever into a believer, a faither. Such gospel preaching of what Jesus did on Good Friday and Easter Sunday is what the Holy Spirit uses to create faith from nothing. Romans 10 definitively teaches that faith, namely faith in Jesus, comes from what? The most passive organ on your body, a hearing. And that hearing is the preaching of Good Friday and Easter Sunday Jesus for the salvation of the world. So when an unbeliever is converted or faith by the external outside ourselves preaching of the gospel, how then does faith talk? It says this, gift given, gift received, amen. And as you believe, so you have. That's why God sends preachers, to preach the word, so that the word of Christ is on your lips, in your ears, and on your hearts. The word that you hear preached to you by the prophets, the apostles, evangelists, and pastors, yes, that's the word that declares that Jesus was crucified, that he is risen, and that he is reigning as your Lord who saved you, who won you with his death and redeemed you with his blood. This is precisely why St. Paul proclaims in the text, Romans 10, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, in other words, that Jesus, both true God and true man, has redeemed you, a lost and condemned person, with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death, and if you trust in your heart that this is most certainly true on account of the biggest piece of evidence that God has given you and the world, that namely he rose Jesus, raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. It's just that simple. Simple, passive, given to trust in the heart. Simply being one of our Lord's hangers-on and a confession on your lips that he is your Lord and you're saved. Is it really that easy? Yes. Is it really that simple? Yes. Just trust in God's for you promise of salvation in Christ, and you're saved. Really? That's it. Only Jesus saves. And your faith saves you because your faith trusts only in Jesus, nothing else saves you. No one else saves you. So we all need to repent of trying to get saved apart from Jesus. Seriously, 
If you try to get saved apart from Jesus, you know how that's going to end? Hellaciously. Paul tells us in the text that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus, who is the Lord in the flesh, will be saved. Now I know, I know, you've got a question. And it goes like this. Reverend, so how can anyone call on Jesus if they don't believe? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. The biblical answer is this. Unbelievers can't. They don't. And they won't. So now you've got another question. I'm ready for it. Your next question is this. All right, Coleman. So how can anyone believe in Jesus if they've never heard of Jesus? Great question. And the biblical answer is, they can't. Again, I repeat, in order for an unbeliever to be converted, to be faithed, faith for salvation in Jesus, the word of Christ, namely the gospel, must be preached. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Word of Christ means the preaching of Christ crucified and risen for you, the sinner. In other words, Jesus died for you, Jesus rose for you. That preaching is what creates faith. Faith in Jesus as Lord or Savior. You see, saving faith needs an object in which to trust. And that object is Christ crucified and Christ risen. And that's what gets preached into your ears. And then it goes to your, yeah, that's right, your heart. Now I want to be very clear about something because people get this confused. Faith never trusts in faith. Like when I go to the hospital and I ask the person lying on the bed, how you doing? The person's doing great, Reverend. How do you know that? And the person says, because I've got my faith. And I say, what's that mean? I've got my faith. What's that mean? I've got my faith. They never reference who? What faith trusts? Jesus. See, that's faith in faith, and that doesn't save you. Only faith. In, so the guy should have said, I'm okay because I believe in Jesus. See the difference? Faith comes by hearing, I repeat, and hearing by the word of Christ. And so for your hearing, for your being faith in Christ, through the preaching of Christ, God sends preachers. You know, like knuckleheads, like me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. The word of Christ. The proclamation, again, I repeat, that Jesus is for you and for your salvation in his death and resurrection. That needs to be preached. So that people who don't know Jesus, or who have never heard of Jesus, can be faith in Jesus. For example, I give you an example from scripture. When Jesus was born, do you remember? What did the angel do? Twiddle his thumbs? No, the angel preached. He preached that Jesus was born to the shepherds in the Bethlehem fields, watching their flocks by night. The angel said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, for unto you, which means for you, is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Remember that? Let me give you another example. When the women went to the tomb of our Lord and they found it empty, what did the angel preach? He's not here. He's risen, just as he said. Since faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ, 
the preaching of the gospel in and of itself demands to be heard. And for there to be faithful hearing, God sends preachers. Preachers who preach Christ crucified and risen for your salvation. When that's going on in the church, the church is alive and well. Now Paul makes another important point, and it's this in the text. He does it by asking a question. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Again, the answer is they can't. So it's Jesus then who sends preachers to preach. If you're not sent by Jesus, you're not a preacher. It's that simple. I can say to all of you with confidence today that Jesus sent me to be your preacher. How do I know that? Because I feel it in the heart? No. Is it because from an early age in my life I always wanted to be a Lutheran pastor? No. Jesus called me to be a preacher. How? Through his church. When the church said, all right, Kuhlman, you've studied, you've been examined, now we're going to ordain you, that's when Jesus called me, and that's when Jesus sent me. And so Paul teaches here in Romans 10 that preaching is proclaiming the good news of salvation in Jesus for others, and for that, you have to be divinely sent. And Jesus sends men to do this through the call of his church. I'll give you more examples from Scripture. Do you remember? God sent Moses. God sent the prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Amos, on and on I can go. In the Old Testament, we have been given the written accounts of their preaching, the preaching of God's word. In the New Testament, God the Father, through his son Jesus, sent the apostles and the evangelists. We have their written record. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We have the epistles of Paul, Peter, John, etc. God sends pastors, reminding us that God's voice continues to be heard. He's not only the God who has spoken, but he's the God who speaks. God sends you even to your neighbor, to those around you. You too are sent ones to tell others about Jesus. The apostolic church is a sent church because apostolic means sent. You too are sent where you live to put the word of Jesus into the ears of people in your life. That could be your children, your grandchildren, or other people that you know. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Now I can't help myself. I have to just do a little bit more, so hang on, please. Beautiful feet, Paul said. Who has, who has beautiful feet? Paul says, it's the preachers. And namely, the preachers that preach the good news that Jesus died for you and that Jesus rose for you. Now, you've probably watched me a lot in my ministry here, but I rarely go barefoot. <laughs> and I rarely wear sandals. Because literally, my two feet are, well, Ugly. No, repulsive is the better word. However, every Sunday when I proclaim that Jesus is your Savior, my feet or any other pastor's feet are beautiful feet. Do you remember, brothers and sisters, from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, that having feet well shod, that means well covered, 
is a part of wearing the whole armor of God. That's Ephesians 6. Do you remember that? In other words, those, those are feet that are equipped with the gospel of peace that Paul speaks of in Ephesians. This imagery reminds us that the preaching of the gospel so that people can be faithed in Jesus is always on the move. Gospel preaching is never a static thing. All you have to do is read the book of Acts to see that. I mean, the preachers are always on the move proclaiming the gospel everywhere in Acts. And such preaching the gospel of peace in Jesus then never rests. It never stands still. It's always in the motion of mission. It's never silent because faith comes by hearing the word of Christ. Bottom line, the Holy Spirit works faith in the heart when and where he pleases in those who hear the good news of Jesus. Our job, my job, is to get the good news to the people's ears, just as the good news has come to your ears and mine. Now, one of the critical things in Romans at this point is what went wrong with Israel then? Paul's kinsmen. Didn't Israel hear? Weren't preachers sent to Israel? Yeah. I mean, Israel was sent preacher after preacher after preacher after preacher after preacher. God preached a storm to Israel. No one in the world had so many preachers as Israel did, and yet they didn't believe. Not because they didn't hear. Not because God's word is weak. Not because God's word is ineffective. Israel didn't believe because they refused the preaching from Jesus, sent by the Father in stubborn, hard-hearted unbelief. And that was, and, it's, and it is, hellacious. Brothers and sisters, I want to close this way by saying every hearing of the word Every hearing of the word is a day of the Lord, which means it's a salvific moment. Brothers and sisters, we all need to repent of our boredom and our apathy to the preaching of God's word. We need to repent of refusing to hear God's word preached because, you know, the pastor hacked us off or rubbed us the wrong way sometime in our life. Now is the time to rejoice in God's word and the preaching of it. Delight in it, I beg you. Don't be like Israel stubborn and contrary, lest God make an example out of you too. I beg you, hear God's word. Rejoice and believe in the forgiveness of sins for Jesus' sake. Take it to heart. Trust it. It's for your eternal life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. The Apostles' Creed.